Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Golf Life Alberta podcast. I am your host, Leah Snethen, here with my co-host, Ryan O'Neill. How are you, Neeler? Pretty good, Leah. How are you doing today? Um, still cold. How was Vegas? Vegas was only slightly less cold. Um, I think we saw 11 degrees was our highest in Celsius. So not that I'm complaining that I got away from our minus 40s here in Alberta, but uh, it was a little cold on the golf course. And you definitely like packed enough layers and stuff because you're smart like that. I'll give myself a six out of 10 in that department. (laughs) I was, I was more worried about uh, how I would look in my Instagram pictures, uh, to be honest, but um, no, I had a great time. Do not use that word. That's almost as bad as hipster. Um, Uh, Well, actually, I wanted to ask you about that. I noticed on Twitter that team call me maybe called you like the team hipster. So I'm not mm-hmm. the only one that calls you that. That's amazing. No, no, yeah, you're uh, you're one of many, actually. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't get I'm it. I'm not sure why you continue to be in denial about this, Ryan. This is a tangent for a completely different podcast, separate from golf. Okay, think, fine. But <laughs> so, uh, did you have a chance to watch any PGA this weekend while you were Vegasing it up? Uh, nothing really in Vegas, but I did. Uh, managed to get back Sunday uh, to the television to watch uh, our guys and only to find out that it was delayed anyway so I didn't get to watch that much on Sunday anyways so oh my god uh, miserable weather like I couldn't imagine playing in a tournament like that actually the side note anyone who played Pinoca in 2017 played in in actually like very similar and eh, maybe even worse conditions than that the rain the wind and it was only three degrees and we didn't have guys to squeegee the water off the greens for us i would have shot 124 oh my god it was insane i think four people quit after nine they're like we're not really continuing and i was like well the golf course isn't close so yeah we are sorry <laughs> troopers oh man it was insane but our boy lefty Woo! comes out with a win he you know he peaked at this time last year too, winning the, the WGC Mexico, wasn't it? That he won last year at this time. Yep, yep, yep. Peaks a little early. I he wins uh, all Masters or something. Yeah, and I mean, I think for us diehard Phil fans, we're going to take a Phil win whenever we can get it. But yeah, I think we would prefer to see it during a major. Um, but I mean, the guy's forty-eight, so he's going to take whatever win that he can. But at the same time, like he looks really good out there, and like still deserves to be hitting it with the big guys and, and the young guys, and he holds his own. And uh, I hope we get this for a couple more years still. Now I don't know if this is stemming from my newfound love for Gary, because for anyone who knows me, you know, for the longest time, I have loved Phil, like unwavering love for Phil. Like it, mm-hmm. it's been insane. And I've been made fun of for like the last decade for it, but I'm kind of starting to not enjoy Phil anymore. Please explain, Leah, because this is big news. Uh, well, I wasn't all that excited that he won, and I couldn't really figure out why. Uh, Sunday, we took a little road trip to the new outlet mall by the Edmonton airport, so I actually didn't watch the final round, but I mean, half of it wasn't happening anyways, which is part of the reason I decided to leave. But when I watched the replay on Monday, I really didn't like the attitude that he started taking when they were questioning whether to just call it when they were finishing hole 16. Um, for uh, Did you see that part? I did, yes. And I'm going to let you finish before I... Uh... 
chime in here. But Okay. So for anyone who didn't see, I was quite surprised. So he was paired with Paul Casey and Paul Casey and his amateur who was like the head honcho of FedEx. Is that right? Correct. Yes. I can't remember his name, but you are. Yes. That is. Who yeah. I don't remember his name either. I just remember his role. And yeah. uh, they were, I believe, kind of like right in the mix for the amateur, like the partner portion of the tournament. And it was six minutes of actual like sunlight left. So they were going to struggle to even finish hole 17. So they were coming back regardless on Monday to finish. Mm-hmm. And rather than rushing through hole 17, Paul Casey just kind of said like, we have to come back anyways. So why don't we just play two holes instead of one? And we don't have to rush through hole 17. And Phil just wanted to finish and take his win and get out of there and go to the Genesis. So um, Phil walked away from the 16th green by himself with his caddy of course goes to the 17th tee and waits there and Paul Casey was like well no I don't I don't want to continue let's finish this off tomorrow and the horn goes and the camera's on Phil and he just rolls his eyes and then just throws this little like it was a it, to me it seemed like a childish temper tantrum just like unloading everything out of his pockets and into his bag and just it seemed very childish to me. And I mean, you had to come back anyway to finish 18. Like what's the big deal with one more hole? Yeah. Okay. So my, my two cents, um, obviously Phil, I think knew he was going to win uh, and just wanted to, to, to get it over with cross that finish line and bask in all the glory and get the cool photos on the 18th green with the, with the cameras, light bulbs, lighting them up with this big, you know, cheesy Phil smile. Um, and I mean, I kind of get where he's coming from, but, um, I think the funniest part is, is, uh, it's on Instagram post from his account yesterday, whether or not he's actually running that account, who knows, but I don't said, think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he said that uh, Paul made the right decision uh, to that we should uh, call it early and, and come out in the morning. And I mean, I think Paul's points were also we're going to get better conditions, better greens. You know, why why take any chances with with the conditions that we were given on Sunday, considering all the rain and hail that came down. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree that. At, uh, Phil had a bit of a temper tantrum, but at the end, I think the the result was the same anyway. So, well, yes, the the end result was he was up by three at that point anyway. So I don't think that was a part of it. But yeah, Fig Jam showed a side of Fig Jam that he doesn't usually show to the public. <laughs> yeah, and like that's the thing. I even when he was. I can't remember if he was walking to 17 where I saw these, these clips or if he was walking off the course, but he's still doing the whole fill, like high five the fans and, you know, give the, give the little kid a ball or whatever. And well, that definitely was not on his walk to 17. Cause he, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, he does a very good job obviously of interacting with everyone and on the outside showing uh, to, to people that maybe, you know, he's still jolly old Phil, but I think we did yeah see a little bit of fig jam come out there on, on 16 chat with the rules official and then walk into 17 to hang out by himself um all in all i guess yeah um i'm still happy that phil won but obviously you may have had a a big change of heart here yeah i i don't understand well i guess we'll see what happens next time maybe like gary has completely overshadowed any love i once had for phil this is crazy this is big news big news that gary has especially on valentine's day you're not even gonna write phil Phil any any cute valentine's all the laws going to gary it is sorry 
but not sorry. Um, hey, we had a little over-under bet going into this weekend too. Yeah, okay. So obviously, the <laughs> we'll call it side attraction to this week's tournament was Ho Sung Choi. And the bet from last week was uh, if he would break 80. Um, and well, his scores, he did not make the cut. And that's maybe the smarter bet that I should have made with you is whether or not he would have made the cut. But his scores were 72, 75, 77. And the course, of course, the bet was, will he break 80? And he did all three days. So uh, you win. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to start putting money on these uh, on these crazy bets that I'm doing. But oh, I see, guess, when I start putting money on it, then I'm wrong every time. Uh, fair enough, I guess. And I guess what I should have realized is that whole song is still a professional like he is professional um, he is no joke even though his you know his swing is a joke yeah yeah um yeah yeah he's still a professional i mean i think i was maybe getting a little carried away with the uh the conditions that i did see leading up to the tournament um of course the the, you know the the weather cleared up a little bit and the grounds crew is going to do their best to um, make the course as playable as possible. So I think I was my my judgment was clouded a little bit with making the the uh, insane prediction uh, of of Ho Sung's score. Well, yeah, I mean, as soon as you you said eighty, I mean, I took that one pretty quick. <laughs> um, and then we had another pretty cool tournament going on uh, across the ocean. Which ocean? <laughs> it's on the other side of the world. Is how we can really <laughs> what we really need to say is very far away. Wow. Yes. The European Tour and the LPGA had a co-sanctioned event and with equal prize money. That is so cool. Yeah, so great. Uh, So uh, the Vic Open, I guess, is what we'll call it. Um, I think they're both called the the Vic Open, uh, if I I could be wrong here. But uh, yeah, it's the first tournament, uh, to our knowledge, and probably uh, in the world that uh, hosts both a men and women tournament at the same time, but also, yeah, has the exact same prize money for uh, for each gender, which, I mean, that's awesome. Like, that's uh, obviously a huge debate um, going on in the world of golf with the LPGA and the PGA is that you know the men have been and, and are making a lot more money uh, for these tournaments and I think this is uh, a pretty big step for the European tour as well as the LPG tour whether or not and I don't know the specifics whether or not they're working together or not on this but it, that's, a, that's an awesome thing to do. Did you watch any of it? No I didn't but I after after we had kind of talked about Jacqueline last week I just did a little research on on the format and kind of what was going on with the tournament and uh, um, two cuts also, which was kind of a a funky setup that they had Uh, one after Friday and then one after Saturday, which was also neat. That surprised me a little bit because Jacqueline made the Friday cut and I was like, sweet, she's making the weekend. And then she got cut Saturday and I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. A little different. But but... it it was really weird. Um, They did not have ropes up. People, spectators were like, right in there like walking on the fringe of the greens and like it was it was just crazy my mind was blown I don't know how they could play golf with random people just walking that close to them it was absolutely insane to me were there any comments afterwards from the players about that because as a fan like that's so cool it it is cool I don't know I didn't do much research after so I'm not sure how they felt about it but yeah it was I think that's just goes to goes again to European tour trying everything and anything to increase interest in the game and you know power to them like even their social media game is is strong and oh my god uh, it's so funny 
yeah, if yeah, I think if they were, you know, you know, if we didn't have this huge time difference, I would probably be tuning in a, a lot more than I than I am now. Yeah, for sure. Um, now this week on tour, we have the Genesis Open, which I don't know if you were paying attention to the Golf Channel today. I'm. I was at home and folding laundry loads and loads of laundry. So I just was on a golf channel all day. The big word of the day was elevate. They wanted to elevate this tournament going forward. And they're actually turning the Genesis into an invitational as of next year to kind of go alongside um, the Bay Hill and uh, what's the other one? Not the, the Memorial? Yes, I think the Memorial. That. Jack's got so many t- tournaments that are sort That's of tied to his, his name. So Very we'll true. just say it's the Memorial. Yeah. Go with that. Yeah, yeah. So he's kind of being elevated into the same category as those two through all of this. Um, but yeah, that being said, Tiger's the host. Tiger's playing. It's his second start of the year. Are we excited? So, uh, like in our first podcast, we had a quick Tiger moment, and I said I I don't really want to talk about Tiger because it's it's always about Tiger. And I and hey, I love watching Tiger. Tiger is the needle for the PGA Tour. But it's it was interesting last year for me watching Tiger because his schedule wasn't the same. He wasn't playing the same tournaments that he normally would. Um, there was a little more hype, obviously, around his big comeback, uh, and obviously he exceeded expectations last year but my thing now is we we're now back into regular tiger regular routine tiger where he plays the same 14 tournaments a year and we're almost like it's a carbon copy it seems almost every single season and i think tiger at the genesis uh, i don't think he does very well uh, i could be i haven't checked my my facts on this but i i think it's just no a you're tough, correct okay i think it's a very golf tough golf tournament for him and, and he's probably gonna turn into a miscut and did I you know I, Sorry, just because I watched so much Golf Channel today. Yeah. It was his first PGA tournament ever. I did know this. Like, I think it was, what, 1996 uh, that he that he teed it up? And anyways, very young Tiger. Yes, it was his first event. I remember, I don't, so obviously, I don't remember it. I was four years old, but I have, I've remembered highlights and highlights of him in his, in his goofy little outfit. Uh, and I've heard uh, the quote many times about his most nervous tee shot being the first shot, uh, the first hole at, uh, I guess it was the LA Open at the time. But anyways, yeah, so I have no expectations for Tiger this week because, again, again, we're back into carbon copy. Tiger's back on tour, and he just wants to win majors. So Okay, so we're expecting uh, his spots. to not even make the cut. That's where I'm at. And if he does, great. But I, even if he makes a cut, I, again, I'm not expecting anything big from if Tiger. If he does, does he wear pink on Sunday or red? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I, well, I guess I think it, the, the level of tournament or the um, – hype around the tournament determines the type of shirt that he wears. And I think, I think Darren said this uh, week one, but I think because this is a tournament that he hosts and it has good memories going back to his first start, you'd see a, a true tiger, like blood red on Sunday if he's there. All right. All right. Uh, what do we have going on in the European tour this week? P- kind of a neat event. Okay. So we're backing up what we just said of the Vic Open with the no ropes and uh, the double cut with... Uh, um, this is the ISPS ISPS World Super Six in Perth, Australia. Let me break it down. Fifty-four hole cut, and then the top twenty-four players play six hole match play matches to, ter- to determine a champion on Sunday. This huh. is 
super cool, if you ask me. The top eight of the 24 get buys into a second round. And then should any of the matches after the six holes that they play, if, if they're tied, they have like a sudden death knockout hole. So it'd be similar to those of you that watch the, the pitch off in the match between Phil and Tiger, except this one's a little more for reals as opposed to hitting from a, from a <laughs> putting green. green. Yeah, yeah, putting green to a, yeah, whatever it was. But it's a it's like a hundred yard hole and it's a stroke play playoff hole. So um, yeah, super pumped about this one too. Like European do- tour is yeah doing some really cool stuff. Brian, have you ever played at Pinoca? It's on the list. I would love to play Pinoca. I've never played Pinoca. So we've had a few tournaments there. We always have playoffs um, within the flights. It seems like every time we play at Pinoca, and they've got this cool little yeah like hundred yard hole. Um, it's kind of their nineteenth hole right in front of their clubhouse. So like the perfect situation, perfect venue, perfect location, everything for a playoff hole. And that's what we make them play rather than going back out and just starting on hole one again. They play this kind of the same thing for any playoffs. It is so much fun. Oh my gosh. Especially especially right in front of the clubhouse. Like a nice little crowd going there. Like ups the the pressure on the players. Maybe the hands get a little shaky. That's super cool. So much fun. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of see how that tournament goes. That's a neat format. And then the LBGA is also still in Australia with the ISPS Handa Women's Australia Open. Which I think is a big one for them. Like the Australia Open for the ladies is a well-attended big event. So uh, and I, I'm assuming they're playing right now considering where uh, when we're recording and, you know, obviously the time difference in Australia. So they're well, well on their way. Yes, they are. And um, actually, Jacqueline Lee is playing again. I took a screenshot awesome. because when she was on the third hole – Earlier, she was in first place, so I took a screenshot of oh, nice. first place. She, I just checked my app here. She finished the round at even, so she's currently T39 after round one. All right, Jacqueline, we're still rooting for you. Let's go, girl. Yeah. Next up, we have Chip Shots brought to you by Callaway Golf. So speaking of Jacqueline, uh, she, like I said, she made the cut on Friday, but missed the Saturday cut. She went 73-69 in her first two rounds. And then I'm not sure what happened. I kind of looked at her Twitter to see if she commented on anything, but she did not. She shot an 81 on that Saturday round. Um, But hey, she still made money at her first LPGA appearance. And that's pretty cool. Jacqueline, if you need to feel any better, I shot 94 at Coyote Springs my first day in Vegas. So you beat me by 13. So um, head up. Uh, This will be the first of many successful events for you. Uh, Ryan, I think she's just a little bit better than you. Well, I mean, we've never had a (laughs) head-to-head match, so we can't like officially say that's a thing, but... I mean, we'll assume she's better than I am. Okay, we'll we'll go with that. And mm-hmm. then um, I'm totally gonna murder his last name, Michael Gligic. 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 Yeah, yeah, good enough. I think. Man, yeah. Man. Apologize to him. Sorry, Michael. I'll just call yeah. you Michael. Um, uh, he's from Ontario. He got his first win on the Web.com tour this past weekend at the Panama Open. Yeah. Oh, Canada. Let's go, Mike. Woo-hoo. And of course, uh, one last reminder that we've got the Alberta Golf Tour scheduled release parties in Edmonton at Evolution Golf and Calgary at X Factor next weekend on Saturday. We are releasing the schedule. Oh my God, I'm so excited. We've got some new courses, like a lot of new courses this year. So that's very exciting because I 
kind of got a little bit complacent and comfortable with the places that we had been going and kept returning. Um, so it's, it's very exciting actually to add several new ones. And I'm so excited because I am really bad at keeping secrets. <laughs> can, can you give your podcast co-host uh, some, uh, you know, some insider information? Uh, maybe when we're not recording. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this has been Ship Shots brought to you by Callaway Golf. All right, we've uh, made it to Leah, or shall I say Slugger Leah's favorite part of the podcast, where we get to go in-depth with uh, a rule change that has happened from the 2018 season to the 2019 season. Leah, what do you got for us this week? Well, this one, actually, I, I didn't even realize that it was a change. It's not really one that they advertised anything for, but I just thought in light of everything that happened at the AT&T, I wanted to talk about relief from casual water. I feel like a lot of us get into those situations and maybe don't know how to properly deal with that. What do you think? I like being in casual water because I can then clean my club after or before I hit the shot. So I get to get relief, obviously, but then I get a quick little club uh, clean as well. So a big fan of casual water, but anyways, continue. What's, uh, what's the relief that you take? I have zero idea. I try and not get wet and <laughs> uh, throw it at least somewhere probably two strokes if i'm you know in an agt event it would be my thinking but no no okay water enlighten me relief free relief you did not put the casual water there okay so i was a little bit worried at first actually when i first texted you about this i was kind of like what is going on because casual water is no longer a term in the 2019 edition of the rules of golf so you say this i actually heard them say it on the broadcast on sunday i think it was nick or whoever it was made a comment that oh yeah no it's not it's not casual water anymore it's it's temporary water what is that like what (laughs) i thought we were making this easier like everyone knows the term casual water so previously casual water was officially defined as any temporary accumulation of water on the course that is not in a water hazard and is visible before or after the player takes a stance snow and natural ice other than frost are either casual water or loose impediments at the option of the player manufactured ice is an obstruction dew and frost are not casual water Um, additionally a ball is in casual water when it lies in or any part of it touches the casual water now okay so yes temporary water so i'm you know i pulled it up online did the old control f find term casual water and find nothing and i'm thinking what is going on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess for someone like me who knows 4% of the rules anyways, I guess it's not a huge change, but uh, for Slugger Leah, this is obviously a, a big one. Um, is it just a matter of the, the terminology being changed when it doesn't need to be? What's what's kind of yeah. your thinking on that? Yeah, they changed a whole bunch of terminology. Um, even being like on the fairway, for example, or like just being in the golf course, not in a penalty area is now called the general area the area of the golf course that covers all of the course except for the other four defined areas which is number one the teeing area number two all penalty areas number three all bunkers and number four the putting green if you are not in any of those four things you are in the general area of the golf course (laughs) what you guys maybe they need a special now and a different colored steak maybe we'll get bright purple steak to let everyone know where the general area is listen i'm getting more confused with some of these terms this is not making things easier for people especially people who have been familiar with the rules in the past so now 
temporary water, it, it really has the exact same definition. It cannot be in a penalty area and it can be seen before or after the player takes a stance. So you still get relief. I don't know if you know this. Some people may not. You still get relief if, you know, when you get to a really saturated area and you take stance, you still get relief if your stance is causing water to bubble up out of the ground. Okay. And you get one club length from your nearest point of relief. So when you can take a full stance, your feet and the ball, and not have that water bubble up and obviously still not be any nearer to the hole, then you get to drop within one club length. But let's not forget to drop from knee height. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, I'm sure everyone would forget that because they're concerned about, you know, the just following the, the new rules itself that they'll forget to drop from knee height. Knee height. Yes. So previously rule 25, now rule 16, relief from abnormal course conditions. One club length from the nearest point of relief, no closer to the hole. I seem to remember um, in, in my one AGT event that I played last year and mm. to this date, um, something like this happening at Stewart Creek. Obviously, Stewart Creek, first major of the season um, up in the mountains. So the snow is still very much around us, but the golf course was cleared of the snow, but obviously pretty wet and saturated. But I seem to remember one one of the holes having a lot of water um, saturation, I guess, is the word we're going to use, and it kind of got into a bit of a, a problem with some of the some of the players taking some exception to this part of the rule, and they were moving all over the place. Can you remember what I was talking about uh, this specific event? I do. Um, how could I forget that one? Um, yes. So that one, the way that I had worded the rules in that one and how laid back the AGT is, I did say on the first tee that that fairway specifically was, I just said, just take your relief wherever you can get it because there was no one club length to be had on that fairway. You know, the relief that was taken, yes, there was, it, it was hole number four, I believe. And it was almost the entire length landing zone of that fairway was saturated it was dead like there wasn't even any grass growing there was water pressing up when you go to take your stance the relief that the player took another player in the group didn't feel that that was the nearest point of relief and that the point of relief that was chosen gave him an advantage in an angle into the green yeah I remember the whole well because it's funny I that uh, on day two, I, I came in a little late. I'm sure you can remember. I, I went oh, out. Right. Uh, yeah, I went out to the uh, to the dancing Sasquatch the night before and had myself a good time in Banff. But I remember the hole, and I remember thinking to myself, I have to play this. Uh, it was like 470 yard par four because I had to play back from the tips, and you hit the hit the fairway, and the ball just sticks in there. So. I remember my playing partner um, was like, Ryan, you can take relief. And I literally said, I am in no mood for this. I just picked it out of the other uh, depression, uh, took my drop and I striped a five iron actually to probably, probably 25 feet and two, put, two putted for my par, which I was That's pretty excited. With. Was, that is a hard yeah, hole and it's yeah, it long very, and it's uphill. Yeah. So eh, maybe that's just what people need to do is just not care as much and, and just go for it, so to speak. That's the way I like to see people play, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then, sorry, just just for fun, I thought I'd kind of throw in an extra official rule change as I was researching some different things here. I came across the diagram of um, taking relief out of a bunker, which is a new rule. So you can actually, and, and we talked last week on the podcast about me taking a 12 on a par four at JPL. Um, because I took so many shots to get out of the damn bunker, I might actually take advantage of this rule. Um, you can now take a two-stroke penalty and drop your ball outside of the bunker. I have I have friends that would uh, definitely take advantage of this rule. So um, it's obviously maybe for the for the average golfer, maybe more so than the pro. Yes, the pro is obviously not going to do anything like that. Speaking of which, did you see what Adam Scott had to say today about some of these rule changes? I didn't actually so this is this will be news to me ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah he is he thinks that the rule changes have made golf more of a laughing stock to the world um he actually that's like direct quote right there he thinks they have caused more unnecessary gray areas i would totally agree he thinks that dropping from the knee is as we said awkward mm-hmm. he's not cool with putting the with the pin in he feels that it takes some skill out of it, which, you know, when you look at Bryson's, you know, reasonings for keeping the pin in, for example, like, and as we were talking, gives you that vertical reference, like it takes some of the skill out of it, out of putting. And I don't disagree. And then you think about like the bunker rule, it takes that skill, like hitting out of a bunker is a skill that I clearly don't have. So even there, it takes the skill out of the game. It's, so, it's funny. It's funny that he said that about the pin, putting with the pin in, because I know watching Tory, uh, the farmer's insurance, he was putting with the pin in all the time. So I don't know if he's obviously taking advantage of the rule or maybe he's mocking the PGA Tour by doing it. But it's funny that he says that about putting with the pin in when he is, he is for sure doing it. So he's not like taking a stance, I guess, for these new rules by not do, you know, doing the things that the rules suggest. He's obviously going to take advantage of it if, it, if it's going to help his scores, obviously. But I just found that a little interesting. Well, he was an anchor putter too, right? Mm-hmm. And he struggled hard. Yeah, he needs all the help that he can get, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, good point. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's that's enough for the rules. I mean, we covered some some ground, some wet ground. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Anything happening with uh, the kneel or nose stuff this week? We missed you last week. Missed me last week. I think I'm going to have to make up for it. Maybe a second article. I got some ideas, jot, jot it down. So depending on how uh, not productive I am at work, because that's usually where I do my writing, um, is uh, where I'll get maybe a second article out. But uh, this week we just um, released something about uh, course reviews. And I think it's a no-brainer that Golf Life Alberta should be doing course reviews. Uh, I know you and I have talked about it. Uh, and what some plans are for course reviews. But I think our general consensus is that they've all been done the same um, from a reading standpoint anyway. So we want to try and make this as um, obviously informative as we can, but also as interactive, um, keep it fun, keep it light. And again, we, we want to ask the viewers, what does that look like for you guys? I mean, I have some ideas that I think we'll, we'll end up uh, doing, but at the end of the day, this is for, for the golfers of Alberta. We want, we want to make sure that these course reviews are actually helpful for you guys. So um, go take a look at the article. 
Um, I have some questions for everyone and uh, we'll probably follow up with some of the questions, you know, in the next couple of weeks with some, with some Twitter polls and, and some questions for you guys. So uh, look out for those. Cause again, we're, we're asking for some interaction with you guys because you know, golf season thankfully is only maybe a couple months away. So Lee and I are going to do our best to brainstorm and, and come up with some cool ideas, but in a couple months we're going to have to start executing for you guys. So uh, give the article a read again. I kind of said, and Lee, you can, step in at any moment here but i think the the nothing against anyone that does the course reviews but i think they're kind of a little one-dimensional at times yeah and i mean like we talked about we want to get more interactive with you guys and we want to get your suggestions and your feedback and we want you to kind of feel like you're there with us not maybe not just look at the pictures and and maybe get yeah, some more dimensions to these course reviews. Mm-hmm, exactly. So it's it'll be a work in progress, but uh, and obviously our first attempts maybe won't be the what the final product looks like in terms of what a May course review looks like and what a September course review looks like. But um, it's it, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be fun for us to just to get out there and play some golf, maybe some places that we haven't been, and maybe take you to my home course. Maybe you can take me to your home course, things like that. So that would be awesome. I've spent actually, you know, in the last week, I have been at my home course, quote unquote, home course three times, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tyler's been seeing uh, Rochelle, one of the pros there. She teaches a lot of the juniors. So yeah, he's been going for some, I don't know. I don't know. She can't even call them lessons either. We, we both struggle to, to name whatever it is, little training sessions, I guess. And the kid's getting the swing speed up. He's just getting his reps in. He's, he's already getting a leg up on the rest of us here. Oh right? yeah. Point of these sessions. Like what the heck? <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. God, I oh man, I guess I got to start hitting the, the the virtual simulators here in town, and because I got to beat that kid. We haven't got one to one, and I know he's a he's a big deal on tour, but um, I'm coming for him. He's got to look out. Okay, I think he's coming for you too. He had a little okay. smirk on his face after listening to the last podcast, so you kind of. He said he needed to step up his game. Your exactly. game, sorry. It's, as, as far as I'm concerned, I know you asked this question at the AGT hot seat, but Ty could be my number one rival. I, you know what? I need to see you guys go head to head at some point here. We'll set something up. Yeah, sounds good. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, make sure you check out the website, golflifeab.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at golflifeab. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.